So welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Basord and I'm a consultant psychiatrist at the Bethlehem Royal and Maudsley Hospitals in South London. Today our podcast is looking at one of the papers published in the May issue of the British Journal of Psychiatry and it's intriguingly titled Chinese Herbal Medicine for Schizophrenia, Cochrane's Systematic Review of Randomised Trials. It's written by John Rathbone who's joined me today with some co-authors. Now, John, um, you've got a very interesting background in that you're not actually a doctor or a psychiatrist, but you have actually trained in herbal medicine. That's right, yes. I originally trained in Western herbal medicine, and after that, finishing that degree, I then did a further higher degree in herbal medicine research, and I completed an MPhil. And then it was shortly after that I went and worked for the Cochrane Schizophrenia Group, and I've been with them for the last five years and it was during those five years that I also did some further training in Chinese herbal medicine. And it was really from that 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 was a springboard then for conducting this systematic review. So do you actually work as a practitioner? Do you treat people with herbal medicines? Previously I did, but at the moment I'm just focusing on research work, so that takes up all my time now. And would you treat a wide range of conditions, or would you focus on psychological issues, or even schizophrenia in particular? Most of the treatments that I've worked with in, in the past have been related to mainly non-psychiatric conditions such as general health care. So um, you trained in, you said, Western herbal medicine, but you obviously have an interest in Chinese herbal medicine and Chinese medicine in general. Why is that? I think Chinese medicine in particular is particularly interesting because it's, it has a large canon of information and a very detailed diagnostic and treatment plan for various health problems. And it was just really another facet to, to my education in this area. Could you outline in what way Chinese medicine might, vi- might differ from conventional Western medicine? What are the key ways in which it differs? Um, there's a big difference, I think, between Western medicine and Chinese herbal medicine. Uh, the key difference is that, for example, with Chinese herbal medicine, it treats syndromes. It doesn't actually treat a health condition such as schizophrenia. So, for example, once a psychiatrist has diagnosed schizophrenia, then it's a fairly straightforward process to a treatment plan based on whatever protocol is in place at the time. Whereas for Chinese medicine, once schizophrenia is identified and diagnosed, that's just the starting process that then follows a further level of differential diagnosis, whereby the the practitioner has to gain further information from examining the tongue and the pulse and and also a wider array of symptoms and signs from the patient in order to identify a particular syndrome and there's several subsets for schizophrenia and it is the syndromes which drive treatment it's never simply schizophrenia. So that's fascinating in other words you could almost say Chinese medicine has a more detailed view of, of illness than western medicine. I think certainly it's true at the diagnostic level. At the microscopic level, I would say that Western medicine is far in advance, but at the clinical level of differential diagnosis, certainly Chinese herbal medicine is far more detailed. So you mentioned some things that a Chinese herbal doctor would be doing in terms of examining the patient, looking at certain aspects of the the patient's physical condition. Could you say a bit more about that? What are they looking for in particular? First of all, they will simply do a a clinical review of the patient in the same way a standard doctor would, gaining clinical information. 
and also from that they would look at the tongue and the tongue diagnosis is quite important in gaining some important signs. For example, with schizophrenia, often the tongue may be abnormally red, which is an indication from a Chinese perspective of excessive heat in the body and also to examine the, the tongue coating. Um, for example, if it is excessively thick and it's also become dark, such as a yellow colour or a brown colour, then it's starting to indicate that there's uh, either damp or phlegm involved. And, and the evidence of that will start to uh, drive treatment plans. And also the, the clinical information gained in a rounded approach will lead to the identification of a particular syndrome. So that's obviously a very different way from the way that Western psychiatrists or Western doctors approach the diagnosis of schizophrenia. You must have been quite impressed with the results that Chinese herbal medicine gets for you to have pursued your studies of it and also to want to author this paper. Well, certainly from my own practice and what I've seen, I know that Chinese herbal medicine is effective for many healthcare conditions. Um, as far as mental health and major mental illnesses like schizophrenia, that was more of a, a grey area where we weren't really sure just how effective it was. But given the limitations of antipsychotic drugs for, for example, negative symptoms and their known side effect, we felt it was worthwhile exploring what other health modalities would be of use for schizophrenia, in particular Chinese herbal medicine particularly as there is a written record of, of treating schizophrenia uh, going, stretching back over 2,000 years. And does that mean that the treatment of schizophrenia is regarded as relatively successful in China using Chinese herbal medicine? I was, very, I was taken that it was quite difficult to find out exactly how useful it was from the literature and that was something we were going into which was really unknown and so it was quite an exploratory study. So you've got a background in, in training in, in the use of herbal medicines and you're now working at the Cochrane Collaboration. Could you explain a bit about what the Cochrane Collaboration is? The Cochrane Collaboration aims to provide the best evidence base in a non-biased manner of healthcare interventions, really across all healthcare specialities, and it involves people all across, all across the globe working in different areas, sometimes remotely from each other, and um, finding all the randomised controlled trials, or, and sometimes non-randomised controlled trials, and pooling the data to get a, a evidence base of how effective treatment is. So what we really do is disassemble research papers and then put them back together again and present the data as cleanly and as unbiased as possible. Now, you mentioned randomized controlled trials. Could you just briefly describe what a randomized controlled trial is? A randomized controlled trial is one where people are allocated to a treatment in a random manner, such as, for example, flicking a coin, and that would be seen as a randomized way of doing it. In other words, something which can't be premeditated, and, um, and so it's a way of avoiding bias into studies. And there's also a comparison group. That's right, yes. And that, so you usually have a treatment group and they'll be randomised to the treatment people will and then the other people then will go into the comparison group, which could be a placebo or another uh, antipsychotic drug, for example. And is there a tradition of this kind of trial in Chinese medicine? So was it easy to find these trials when you were starting to look for them to write your paper? 
I think it, certainly today there is use of randomised trials more and more. Going back pre-1980s, they're very hard to find. It's from the 1980s that they start to creep into the literature and their quality overall has slowly improved. But I think it was a slow process, so it's something which is relatively new to China. So in this paper that you've written in the British Journal of Psychiatry, how many trials did you find, which you've, you've summarised here in the paper, and where did you find them? We were able to include seven studies, and we searched major Western databases, and also we looked into Chinese databases, and we, we found most of them from the, the Chinese databases. A couple of them were found also in Western databases. So where had these studies been conducted? All seven were conducted in China, and most were published in Chinese-language journals. Um, there was, I think, only one that was in English. So they're basically being conducted by um, practitioners who usually practice sort of Chinese herbal medicine then? From the information that was available, it appears that most of the practitioners were psychiatrists rather than traditional Chinese medicine practitioners. And I think that's also reflected in the designs of the studies. Would you say that these were well-conducted studies? Could you give us some sense, for example, of the number of patients that would have been recruited into them and how the study would have been conducted? Most of the studies were of fairly short duration and also randomised relatively small numbers of people. Also, the descriptions of randomization and also blinding were often very poorly given. So in terms of the quality, they certainly met our criteria that they should be randomized and some were stated to be blinded, but overall the quality could have been much better. So would any of them have met the sort of rigorous standards that we normally see in a a, a sort of um, very high impact factor journal over here in the West? Well, certainly they met the gold standard of being randomised. And they also, in some cases, were blinded. So in that sense, yes, but with some caveats, I think, in terms of reassurances of of the overall quality. What I'm getting at is, was there a particular study of the seven that you found particularly impressive, that you thought was, let's say, the best one? And I'm wondering what the results of that particular study were. Probably the best ones were that there was three studies that used ginkgo biloba standardized extract this is um, a mainly western it's a chinese herb that's used in the west and has been used in a number of studies particularly circulatory disorders and it's actually been shown to improve microcirculation and it has been used in lots of randomized studies in the west and it also has a very clear pharmacological and pharmacokinetic profile and i suspect the reason why that herb was chosen was that it it has a a past usage in clinical trials. It certainly has no um, precedent for the treatment of schizophrenia in Chinese medicine. And certainly those studies were probably the best described, and one of them in particular was was clearly defined. And I think so that certainly met the bill for quality, but it didn't reflect on the traditional use of herbs for Chinese medicine. In fact, most of these studies, I would say, were of a of an experimental nature and of a simplistic design in terms of its reflection of Chinese medicine. 
So those um, high-quality studies that you mentioned, you mentioned about three, um, uh, what were the results that they found? Overall, there was an improvement in the symptoms, both positive and negative symptoms. Um, that was the main outcome from the, the limited data that was actually made available. So what was the conclusion of all seven studies, your, your kind of summary of all seven of them? Overall, the studies showed some improvement for people with schizophrenia. However, overall, the studies showed an improvement for people with schizophrenia in terms of their symptomology, both of positive and negative symptoms. And certainly they didn't show any increase in side effects and actually some improvement in reducing side effects for patients as well. I noticed as well in the paper that you've talked about studies which looked at a combination of antipsychotic medication and Chinese herbal medicine. And it seems to me that the main conclusion of the paper is that a combination of antipsychotic medication and Chinese herbal medicine seems to be the best thing to use in terms of the, the results of these seven studies that you were looking at. That's right. Most of the studies were Chinese herbs combined with antipsychotic medication. And the one study that used Chinese herbs on their own compared with antipsychotics, that showed that the antipsychotic treatment was more effective. For those that combined herbs plus antipsychotics, those generally were, were better than the actual antipsychotic comparison group. So um, th there were studies that compared herbs plus antipsychotics with just antipsychotics. That's right. And they seem to find that they, they, they were definitely superior. But there are some issues, aren't there, over the blinding um, of the studies. In other words, the people making the assessment, whether they knew that the, what, what people were taking, because they could have biased them in their assessment. Certainly. I think the evidence is, is limited, and there's certainly some caveats over the quality. And it's really a starting point rather than conclusive evidence. So any, anyone listening to this who's thinking of, let's say, stopping their antipsychotic medication and starting to take some kind of herbal remedy or Chinese herbal medicine, what, what, are your, what would your advice be? Uh, definitely to advise against that and follow the, the advice of the psychiatrist whose care they're under. Now, as someone who's got an interest in Chinese herbal medicine, where, where do you think the next step is following this research paper? What's the area, do you think, that's going to be most productive in terms of which particular herb, do you think, holds out the promise for having the, the best possible impact on disorders like schizophrenia? Well, what I would like to see is further studies run, which are certainly longer in duration and also involve using Chinese herbs that are in keeping with the practice of Chinese medicine so that the actual therapies start to reflect Chinese medicine's approach to treating illness rather than that which these studies were of using herbs in a Western context. I think that's the, the way forward. In medicine in general at the moment, there is a real thrust towards evidence base. What's the evidence that something works? Um, your paper is very interesting because it's one of the first times I've seen a paper published in the British Journal of Psychiatry looking at uh, what the evidence base is um, in terms of good quality evidence for a treatment like Chinese herbal medicines and for a disorder as serious as something like uh, schizophrenia. But it, there is a paucity, isn't there, of research being conducted in, in the area of complementary or alternative medicine in terms of finding um, good evidence to support uh, its use in disorders like schizophrenia? What would your comments on that be? There is certainly a, a dilemma in complementary medicine. There's a, a lack of funding available. Um, for example, 
pharmaceutical companies are unlikely to start researching this area because there's li- unlikely to be a financial benefit for a natural medicine that can't be patented. And likewise, the, the NHS research funds have been historically very low in this area. I remember in the 1990s um, there was a drive to fund complementary medicine. However, the, the amount of money made available was less than half of 1% of the research budget. Um, so there's a dilemma in how to fill the research funding gap, especially as there's a drive for evidence-based medicine. How can we take this forward when there is such limited evidence to recommend treatment, but at the same time there is no funding to enable research to go ahead? So really it's in a catch-22 situation. So what do you think the answer is? I would like to see a study conducted in China looking at best practice where Chinese herbal medicine is being used for mental health, particularly with schizophrenia. And from that best practice, run an open trial. And then from that, if that's successful, run a randomised controlled trial. It's been done before with um, Chinese herbs for atopic eczema where they were able to run a randomised double-blind trial in the 1990s. They chose people with a particular type of eczema, the the dry inflamed type, and that was able then to be used in a way where they could treat people with herbs specific to that syndrome rather than eczema in general. And so they were able to run randomised studies but at the same time reflect the practice of Chinese medicine. I think they can do the same for schizophrenia. But isn't there a problem, which is I suspect that that proponents of Chinese medicine based in China are um, likely, uh, I would have thought, to conduct studies which might find in favor of Chinese medicine and are not likely to be very persuasive to Western doctors as a result. Surely what you need is some trials over here in the West conducted by major research centers, which which are well known for for their randomized uh, controlled trials. I think... Running it in the West is fine, um, but at the same time, there's got to be some collaboration with people who have a lot of expertise in this area. Um, this was done for the eczema study, in fact, where they collaborated with people here in the UK who were running eczema treatment clinics and looked at their best practice, and from that um, took their lead of which herbs to use. But certainly it could be used in the West. So have you yourself used Chinese medicine when you've been unwell? I have used it, yes, for self-limited illnesses such as common colds and sore throats, and it's been very effective. So um, what what do you think about the scepticism that Western doctors often have, or Western psychiatrists, to, to these approaches that you've been writing about in your paper? Have you experienced a certain scepticism? Uh, certainly I'm aware of that scepticism, and I can fully appreciate it as well, because there is a limited evidence base, and... Uh, There's no reason why you should, of course, be accepting something for which there is little evidence. I think there's two points to that. One is that most of the studies that I've seen conducted in complementary medicine and Chinese medicine, particularly Chinese medicine, is that the studies themselves don't reflect the methodology of Chinese medicine, but in fact are a watered-down version of a Western drug trial. And so... The, the trials themselves are seriously flawed, um, which, which makes actually understanding and getting to the, the truth very difficult. But at the same time, there's lots of... Um, at the same time, there is 
various treatment strategies within psychiatry for schizophrenia, various psychosocial interventions for which there is a limited evidence base, and yet those treatments are acceptable. So I think there is room for manoeuvre, certainly with the limitations that antipsychotics have. It's worth, I think, exploring this area and to see if there's some benefit can be gained for patients. But what is particularly interesting about your paper is that I think it comes at a precise moment in history where there's growing interest amongst the public in the West, not necessarily amongst doctors in the West, but amongst the public, in trying out these kinds of treatments. So what what do you think about that? There seems to be a growing gap between what the public wants and what Western doctors are prescribing. There certainly is a a difference in perception, um, and it's one which the people themselves, I can only assume, are getting some benefit from, or they're certainly dissatisfied with the current levels of treatment they're getting from Western medications if there's a need to actually go out and pay for private healthcare medicine. Have you any, any sense of how your paper's been received in China itself and, uh, or amongst practitioners who use Chinese herbal medicines in the treatment of schizophrenia? It's early to say yet. We, I've had some um, contacts from uh, researchers who, who are interested in this area, but um, that so far it's been tentative, so I'm, I'm waiting to see what's going to happen. And yourself, what are you going to be turning your hand to now following the publication of this paper? Are you going back to reviewing randomized control trials in schizophrenia in general, or are you taking forward your interest in alternative and complementary medicine? Um, I shall be continue with uh, systematic reviews of um, mainly Western antipsychotic drugs for schizophrenia, um, although we will certainly do an update review of this particular systematic review in, in, in a few years' time to see if some new studies have come to light. John Rathbone, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.